it's really super important to be able to understand how well your business is performing financially. Hey guys, welcome back to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. I'm so excited because I haven't recorded an episode in so long, like literally months. But before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on where the heck I've been, what's going on in my life. So if you've been following me on Instagram, you may have seen an announcement from me back at the end of August, early September. I announced that we are expecting a baby. So I'm really excited. It's been quite an experience so far. The first 16 to 18 weeks, honestly, were really rough. Um, Maybe I'll record an episode about my pregnancy experience so far. Let me know if you'd be interested in that. But yeah, it's been interesting to say the least. I'm definitely very excited, but it's been a journey. (laughs) So since that announcement, we have moved. I have gotten sick multiple times. I've had COVID. I've had other random bugs. When you're pregnant, your immune system is just not as great as it used to be. And I'm feeling it. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm currently trying to get over another bug right now. So yeah, that is just one of the many reasons why I've had to take a step back from my business. You haven't seen me posting on social media as much. Um, Haven't been recording and putting out any new podcast episodes. In fact, this episode that I'm releasing now was actually recorded back in May, I believe, before I even knew I was pregnant. And the next five episodes that you'll hear were recorded in May or June. So I'm kind of just catching back up on everything that I have missed over the past several months. And I'm really excited. I'm recording this intro today, the day that this episode will be published. So it's October 17th, 2022. So this is the latest update. Moving forward, as soon as these backlogs of episodes get published and I'm starting to feel a little bit better and have more energy and that sort of thing, I'll get back to recording new episodes and making sure that we're putting them out there consistently. So I'm really excited about that. Also, since we moved, I now have an office with more studio space. So I'm really looking forward to that. So anyways, thank you so much for your patience. Thank you for understanding. Thank you to my guests for being so understanding with why their episodes haven't been published, even though we recorded them back in May. I appreciate you so much. So without further ado, let me introduce today's guest. So on this episode, I'm speaking with Rita Julian, who is the owner of Julian Bookkeeping LLC. Rita was born and raised in Cookville, Tennessee, where she graduated with her accounting degree and an MBA from Texas Tech University. She is married to her high school sweetheart, and together they have an 18-month-old boy as well as a little girl that was born earlier this summer. Rita started Julian Bookkeeping in December of 2019 and has loved venturing into self-employment because it allows her to be at home with her kids. So Rita is awesome. I'm really excited for this episode, and she actually teaches a bonus lesson inside my course, Digital Side Hustle Academy, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear from her. So let's get into this episode. Hey, Rita. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we dive in, can you share what types of services you provide as a bookkeeper and how your job is different from what a CPA does? 
Yeah, so I provide just monthly bookkeeping services, some quarterly, but that includes coding or categorizing all of your transactions, reconciling all of your bank accounts, reviewing financial reports with the client, payroll, sales tax, and then receipt management as well. And then the main difference between a CPA and a bookkeeper is that a CPA is usually the person that you contact once a year. You may have a few conversations with them throughout the year, but it's not much at all. But they are there to do your annual tax return. It's more of like a one-time service type thing where a bookkeeper does the day-to-day stuff. You're talking with them on a monthly basis and it's it's a recurring conversation that you have with them every month so that your books are ready to go for your CPA, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. And I know you talk a lot about the importance of just understanding some basic bookkeeping. So why would you say it's important for a business owner to have that knowledge of bookkeeping and some accounting principles, just the basics? Yeah, so it's really super important to be able to understand how well your business is performing financially. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand or grasp the concept of what a financial report even is. Mm -hmm. The difference between a profit and loss and a balance sheet or understanding those types of things. Once you are able to understand that, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients after explaining to them, everything that's been going on, they have said, oh my gosh, why, why have I been spending $500 in advertising? Or what is that legal <laughs> yeah. expense? Or can you, can you elaborate on what this is for me? Can you explain this for me? And it really just helps like shed a light on, I guess, a lot of expenses or even income that they weren't really aware of what was happening. So I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of benefits understanding not only accounting principles, but the bookkeeping part of it as well. Yeah. And I know you just threw out a few different terms. So for anyone that's listening that doesn't understand, can you explain what profit means, what loss means, the whole accounting equation? That would be helpful. Yes. So the accounting equation is assets equals liabilities plus equity. That basically is your balance sheet. And so if you're looking at a balance sheet financial report, and you can run this in QuickBooks online, that is an accounting software that probably the most popular, I feel like most everyone uses that Mm -hmm. in QuickBooks is super awesome. You don't have to be intimidated by it. They actually generate all of these reports for you. It's super cool. As long as you are categorizing your transactions correctly, they will generate those reports for you. And so when you're looking at a balance, um, it will list out all of your assets. And so a good example of an asset would be like your bank account liabilities. So a good example of a liability would be a loan that you have with your business Mm -hmm. or a credit card account that would also be under liabilities. And then equity is listed at the bottom. And this lists your retained earnings, net income, all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to like remember everything off the top of my head. But the accounting equation, assets equals liabilities plus equity, your number, total assets, that number will always, always, always equal your liabilities and your equity at the bottom. And you'll see every time you run that, each of those numbers will always match. And so Mm. balance sheet is a really super good snapshot of how your business is doing. And the balance sheet will actually pull numbers 
from the time that you started business, unlike profit and loss, which I'll explain just in a second. But for a balance sheet, you can plug in, for example, as of May 31st, 2022, Mm -hmm. and it will show you all of your numbers from the time you started business until May 31st, 2022. Nice. Yeah. So like your owner's pay account, the amount of times that you've paid yourself will look very big always on your balance sheet because that number just keeps adding and adding and adding Mm -hmm. uh, each time you run that report. Profit and loss is the opposite. That one you can run very specific reports. You could just do a May 1st through May 31st report, or you can do a 2021, January 1st through December 31st report. You can look and see how well you performed in the last three months versus the quarter before that, or 2020 versus 2021. It's really super, um, a really good comparison tool, honestly. Mm -hmm. But profit and loss basically lists your income, what you're bringing in for your business, all of your expenses that you had, and then what was left over. So it takes that income, subtracts out all of your expenses, and then gives you that bottom number called your net income. Cool. Yeah. And then profit would be positive, right? That's how it yes. works. So a profit or loss. Yeah. It'll either, if it's a positive number, that is a profit. And if it's a negative mm-hmm. number, it'll show that you got a loss. Okay. Yeah. So you just mentioned QuickBooks. And I know it's super important to stay on top of your books and stay organized. So what other tools do you recommend people use to stay organized? Yes. So there's actually a lot of different accounting softwares as well. And I wanted to mention that I think Xero is also. Oh yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like X-E-R-O, Xero. I know a lot of bookkeepers that use that one actually. And then lots of other ones as well. And so if you are a business owner and you're already using something and you like that, I have learned that it's like driving a car. You learn to drive one type of car and then you can Mm -hmm. get in any other car and drive that car and be just fine. Yeah. So if you have a different software other than QuickBooks Online, that's totally fine. You can just keep doing your thing and your CPA will help you at your end kind of gather everything together. Mm-hmm. Other softwares, I was going to talk about invoicing systems. So I know a lot of people use PayPal, Stripe, HoneyBook, Wave. There are so many out there. Those are four that I can think of right now. But if you are like a service provider and you need to be able to invoice your clients, I would recommend definitely looking at getting an invoicing software as well. And you can have both. You can have QuickBooks Online and you can have Stripe or or you can use QuickBooks Online and use the invoicing system that they have provided mm. their software as well. Lots of different options. And really it depends on the type of business that you have. Yeah. For example, I've heard that photographers absolutely love HoneyBook. I'm a service provider. I do bookkeeping services and I use Stripe and I love it. Pros and cons to each of them. So I would just recommend researching about each of them. Yeah. And probably speaking to somebody that's in your industry or niche and find out what people are using and why they prefer that one over another one. Yeah, that's smart. So how can we create a business budget and how often should we reevaluate our budgets? Yeah. So budgeting is totally different when it comes to like managing your books um, Mm -hmm. versus budgeting. And so QuickBooks Online does a budgeting tool, but I'm pretty sure you have to have the advanced version, which is 
way more expensive than what a lot of okay. <laughs> business owners have. Usually you'll see that most business owners have the essentials or the simple start. And those are the two that I recommend. Start with simple mm. start. That's the cheapest one. And it, it does basically anything you're going to need to be done for you if you are a service provider type business owner. And so I hate it because the budgeting tool is only for the people with advanced. And so honestly, what I just do mm. is I get a Google Sheets document through Google Drive and Google Drive is free. It's amazing. And I just list out my projected income and then my projected expenses. I have this tracker offered through my course and what I need to do is have it as a separate little downloadable option. I'm working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. So that they can use it as well. But Mm -hmm. if you just list out what, what you think you're going to make, what your, what your current projects are, and this is different for each business owner, for a bookkeeper like me, I have monthly paying clients that pay me the exact same each month. So Mm -hmm. it's very easy for me to just say, this is my income and that's that. Right. Yeah. Change clients, if I add one, drop one, whatever, then I go in and switch that. But I mean, you think about like photographers, branding and web designers, they take on Mm -hmm. their clients by project. And then sometimes they'll have really super um, high revenue seasons or they'll have a really super slow season. And so Mm -hmm. if you are one of those business owners, I would definitely recommend looking at this monthly. That way you can plug in like, hey, this is the estimated amount that we are projected to bring Mm -hmm. in. And then I would list out all of your recurring expenses. So if you rent every month, if you have subscriptions every month that you're paying, Adobe, Canva, things like that, list all of those out. That way you can get it all out on paper. And then it's kind of like a little mini profit and loss, almost like a projected profit and loss to where you just Mm -hmm. take your revenue minus all of your projected expenses and you'll see there what's left over. And if you're in the negatives, that's where you need to be like, okay, we need to budget a little better. Let's look at taking away Mm -hmm. some expenses. Can I take on some extra projects? Things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know Probably a lot of my followers create courses and other digital products. So it's probably a good idea for them to be checking this monthly since yes, sure. our income can vary so much. So besides budgeting, what are some other tasks that we should be completing each month to stay on top of our books? Yeah. So the three main things that you should be doing are coding, reconciling, and then looking at your reports. Coding is also known as categorizing. So when I say that, I mean... If you went to Office Max and you purchased paper and ink, that would be coded as an office supply. If you paid a contractor for a service provided, that would be coded to the contractor's expense account, things like that. Um, yeah, that makes reconciling, sense. if you are unfamiliar with what that means, reconciling is basically matching your bank balance to your QuickBooks balance, which basically you're making sure everything in QuickBooks that you've been working on all month is correct. It's a really good way to be able to tell like, oh, there was a duplicate that came in through QuickBooks or there was something missing that QuickBooks didn't bring in, this extra expense that I didn't see that you can add there at month end to make sure that your numbers are correct. So reconciling, I feel like a lot of business owners skip not good at all. I feel like CPAs, that's usually the first question that they ask. 
are your books reconciled? Mm. <laughs> because it's so, so important. I can't stress it enough. Yeah. So I would do that monthly and then looking at your reports. So like I mentioned before, the profit and loss and the balance sheet are the two major financial reports that I would recommend looking at. And QuickBooks is awesome because mm. if you, for example, run your profit and loss and you see a crazy high payroll tax expense, let's just say, you're like, why is that so high? You can click on that number in QuickBooks and it will pull a report of every single transaction that went into that account. That way you're able to be like, oh, it was this transaction. Now I remember that. That's correct. Things like that. So the only other things I would do on a monthly basis are keep up with your receipts. And so I like to use Google Drive. I download the app on my phone and mm, it's super yeah. nice because you can literally get on your phone and choose the little upload photo option. And if you have like a handheld receipt, you can literally just take a picture and it uploads it for you. Oh, nice. Or if you get an email of a PDF receipt, if you hover over that, that PDF, there's a little spot where you can click on drive, add to drive and then organize to where you can literally just click on it, add it to drive and then organize it in your little receipts folder. It's super I had easy. no idea. I have Google Drive yeah. app on my phone and I never realized this. <laughs> it's amazing. And I feel like receipts yeah. just stress people out. And they're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. there's so many. I don't know how to do this. Like, where do I yeah. start? But like too much to keep up with. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My desk, I have like 10 receipts right now that I need to save. <laughs> Upload. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That way you exactly. can just be saved electronically. The beauty of that is that the IRS does not require paper receipts, only paper receipts anymore. They actually accept electronic ones as well. So that's good. Get it, yeah. Get it on your Google drive. That way you're not worried about losing anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's so smart. So I know we just started going into expenses. Can you explain the difference between fixed and variable business expenses? Yes. So I was mentioning before like rent or Adobe and Canva, those are three vendors that you would pay the same amount each month. They're recurring. They can be like a subscription and it's for the same amount. That's a fixed variable. On the other hand, could be a one-time fee that you pay your lawyer to establish your LLC or the one-time fee that you pay your accountant to file your tax return or Mm -hmm. a random contractor expense that you hired for a certain project for a certain amount, things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are write-offs? I know everyone loves to talk about it. How do we keep up with them throughout the year? Yes. Yeah, I know that. Have you seen Schitt's Creek? That meme that goes around, it's like everything's a write-off. It's so popular. (laughs) Just write it off. It just disappears. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's a really popular topic. That's so funny. So a (laughs) write-off basically is a business deduction for tax purposes. So I've mentioned a few office supplies, contractors, payroll, advertising, charitable donations. There's lots of different expense accounts in QuickBooks that you will see actually that are considered business write-offs. And Mm -hmm. the beauty of hiring a CPA is that, and like when I say hire a CPA, the alternative is choosing something like TurboTax or something to do your annual tax return. Yeah. You want to hire a professional Mm -hmm. because are required 
to keep up with the current rules when it comes to write-offs because tax laws are always changing. And that's what's so annoying about it is that Mm -hmm. once you think you have something down, it's like, oh, but they changed it in 2021. A good example is meals used to be only 50% deductible. So let's say you have a client meeting at Starbucks, you pay $10, you would only be able to write off $5 of that if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But ever since COVID hit, and I want to say it was beginning of 2021, they changed it to 100%. They wanted people to be able to support the restaurants through Mm -hmm. COVID. And so for 2021 and 2022, meals are 100% written off. So little things like that, that are constantly changing, CPAs are Always, always, always on top of that. They're required to get, I want yeah. to say it's called CPE credits that they, it's like certain trainings that they have to go to and get certain hours each year that they are mm-hmm. practicing with their CPA license. And so they, it is incredible how much money they can save you and how much knowledge they bring to the table when you hire yeah. them to do your taxes, for sure. Yeah, definitely. As soon as I registered my business, I was like, okay, I need to find a CPA because I want to save as much money as possible when I pay taxes. So I highly recommend it for anyone that has a business. For sure. I tell everyone, yeah, just trust the CPA. Don't rely on TurboTax. Yeah, Yeah, even Mm -hmm. though it might be a larger bill at tax time compared to something like TurboTax or H&R Block, 100% worth it. Oh yeah. Plus that's a write-off. So you might as well. (laughs) So So, uh, one thing that a lot of people ask is how do we figure out how much to pay ourselves? Is there a specific percentage? Like what's recommended? Yeah. So we were talking about the budget before and the profit and loss before both of those will show all of your revenue. They take away all of those expenses and then you are shown with what leftover. And so I will always recommend whatever your net income is for the month, take 30% of that and save it back for taxes. You'll hear different numbers, different CPAs will tell you different things. I've heard anywhere from 15% to 40%, but (laughs) yeah, I feel like the average of everything that I've heard, the average is about 30 and I personally do 30% and better to be safe than sorry. I've never, it's never been over. In fact, it's never even been close to 30%. What I Yeah. That's what I've been doing too. Yeah. But it's just nice to have that put back. And then if you only owe just a little chunk of that, then that's extra cash flow for you. I mean, there's only benefits Mm -hmm. to 30%. So I would always recommend doing that first. And then what's left over is completely up to you. Some people like to take 10% of that and keep it in their bank account for cash flow or save it back towards something specific or put it towards something that they're saving for, or they take that 70% and they pay themselves each month. That's why the budgeting tracker is so important because if you have months Mm -hmm. where let's say you have a really slow season and your net income is way lower, super important to pay attention to those numbers because you may need your paycheck to kind of fluctuate up and down as the months go on, if that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, the IRS doesn't really care how much you pay your... 
It really depends. I, I, I can't answer that, honestly. Um, but if you... I'll ask the CPA. <laughs> I know for a fact that if you pay yourself the same way, so like don't do a transfer one month and then a check the next month and then uh, cash withdraw the next month. Try to keep that consistent. Like, for mm-hmm. example, I always do a bank transfer. Same way every time. Yeah. Keep that the same. And then when you pay yourself, that's important to keep the same. So it can be every Friday or every 15th and 30th or once a month or however you like to do it. Just keep that consistent. I know that looks really super good to your CPA and to the IRS as well. Um, mm-hmm. Consistent with paying yourself. And it yeah. is different with the entity that you have. And so I feel like most people that would be listening would be a sole proprietor or an LLC. Yeah, um, probably. Taxed as an individual. Yeah. But you do have some business owners that are work, seek um, lots of different entities and definitely recommend getting a lawyer's advice. If you are in the process of trying to figure out which one would be best for you, mm-hmm. uh, but paying yourself can be completely different depending on the entity that you have. So as a sole proprietor, you take what is called an owner's draw and that number gets put on the balance compared to, let's say if you're an S corp, you would be put on payroll as the business owner and that payroll expense gets put on the profit and loss. So super different. I know when it comes to all the Mm -hmm. different And so I always recommend that you sit down with your CPA and figure out what is best when it comes to your business and what services you provide, what entity is best, and then making sure that you are paying yourself the correct way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. When in doubt, just go speak to a professional. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you know when it's time to hire contractors or employees and what should people know about payroll and taxes and that sort of thing? Yeah. So contractors are completely different than hiring someone and putting them on payroll. I would always recommend that you, of course, ask your CPA their advice as well when you are trying to decide between the two, because I think, I think a lot of business owners would assume that going the contractor's route is the easy way out because Mm -hmm. there's a lot less tax forms, a lot less headaches in my opinion. (laughs) Payroll can be super annoying with doing all of those tax forms. But I mean, if you don't hear anything else I say on this podcast, like (laughs) it is super important to do your research beforehand and pick the one Mm -hmm. that is best upfront. Because if you hire someone as a contractor, but really they need to be put on payroll, that's going to be a very costly expense for you later on if that were to come Mm. back and bite you in the butt. And so the main difference, contractors, contractors are really someone that you pay, you pay someone to do their own thing on their own time, really on their own terms. So it's really super popular to hire someone to do a certain project for you. And then maybe they don't work for you for months after that. And then you hire them again to do Mm -hmm. another project on their own time. And then you just pay them like a flat fee. And with a contractor, you would collect a W-9 form from them. And then you file a 1099 in January. Super easy. The opposite 
When it comes to payroll, you are 100% in control of what they're doing. You're overseeing their tasks and they do a set amount of tasks for you each week. And so, and then they're paid on a regular basis, unlike contractors. You might mm-hmm. have a contractor do something for you and then you pay them once in January and then a few times in March, or it can just be scattered. With payroll, yeah. you have to set them up on a schedule to be paid, whether that's weekly, every other week, once a month, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. You can't miss any deadlines with payroll. The IRS will be on top of you for sure if you miss any of those. <laughs> yeah. um, when it comes to 941s, 940s, those monthly deadlines, quarterly deadlines, annual deadlines, it can be a lot. And if you are someone who is interested in payroll, I highly recommend Gusto because they will actually file all of those things for you. You just have to oversee mm. and make sure everything is being done correctly, which is super nice. But yeah, that's really helpful. You, like really nice email reminders like, hey, don't forget to run payroll. You have three days. And then they'll send you another one. You have one day. <laughs> don't forget to run payroll. Never miss it. It's super nice. Yeah. And you may not know the answer to this question, but if you hire a contractor through something like Fiverr or Upwork, because I've done this a lot, do you have to handle any tax forms with that? I think they do that for you. I have okay. never worked <laughs> with Upwork and they collect their W-9 for you and then they issue okay. the 10 I think all you have to do is, first of all, make sure it's being done. And then second, gather those forms once they're completed, mm. uh, get those saved to your files so that you can give to your CPA. Good to know. I need to look into that because I've used... <laughs> freelancers on those sites for so many different things. Yes. So, yeah, that one's super popular. And it's really nice when you have a software that'll do that. Gusto will do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you're a company that does payroll and contractors, they will file not only all of the payroll stuff for you, but they file 1099s for you as well, which is super nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And so what are some of the other things that we need to do to prepare for tax season? Is there anything that we've talked about saving receipts and having that together? But before we pass everything off to our CPA, is there anything else that we need to do that we haven't covered yet? The only other things I can think about are mileage. So if you are traveling a lot Mm. for business, I would make really super good details in your calendar about where you're going and for what. And if it's business related, I like to color code my calendar. Anything business related is blue. That way, when my CPA is like, hey, how many miles did you get for the year? I'm able to go back. and, And I don't have too many too many business meetings that require me to travel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the crazy person that waits until year end. <laughs> all my miles. But if you're like a photographer or oh, yeah. you're traveling a lot and you're going to like a lot of sessions and mm-hmm. that's a lot of miles that would add up, I would do that just depending on the complexity of what you're looking at. I would do it either quarterly or monthly just to kind of yeah. on top of. And QuickBooks is awesome. Once again, they have a little mileage on the left sidebar. And you literally click add trip and then you put your starting port, your starting point, where you're going, and then the reason for the meeting. And it will calculate the business deduction that you got, which is super nice. Yeah. Uh, I love technology. It's made our lives so much easier. I know for real. And I feel (laughs) like people are very intimidated when it comes to doing their own books, but really QuickBooks does so much of it for you. You just have to Mm -hmm. kind of grasp what's going on and understand it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I guess what are some of the benefits of hiring a bookkeeper versus doing it yourself? Yeah. So hiring a bookkeeper is great for people who have too much on their plate. They just don't have the time anymore to dedicate sitting down and doing their own books. Um, Mm -hmm. Also good for the people that are just kind of overwhelmed at the concept Bookkeeping, you just have people that are like, numbers are not my thing. I would just rather not have to deal with it. And yeah. maybe they do mm-hmm. have the time. They just don't like it. Or maybe they do understand yeah. how to do it. And they're just like, I, it's just not my thing. I'd rather just not have to do that. <laughs> right. And so super nice to hire a bookkeeper because they, when you choose to hire a professional bookkeeper, they might be able to catch more things that you wouldn't have initially caught, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another major benefit is they serve as a liaison between you and your CPA. And so tax season, when you have a bookkeeper, is so smooth because the CPA usually will respond with a few questions about their books. The bookkeeper will answer all of those for you. Mm-hmm. And boom, your, your return is completed. Super easy. And so yeah. that's definitely a major benefit of hiring one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, thank you so much. This has been really helpful. A lot of good nuggets that people can take away from this episode. So before we wrap up, one of the last questions I always ask people is what is the most important lesson you've learned when it comes to entrepreneurship and managing your finances as a business owner, that sort of thing? Oh my gosh. I want to say that the best thing that I've learned just becoming self-employed is that the amount of freedom that I have to be able to grow if I want or scale back if I want, depending on the season of life that I'm in. Right now Mm -hmm. I am going on my having my second baby and just family is like my life is crazy right now. (laughs) And so I've been able to scale back on my clients right now. And it has just been incredible because like I feel like you can't do that with a regular two job. Mm -hmm. Um, But starting my own business and being self-employed, I've been able to just kind of cookie cutter the way that I want to run the business in each season. And the beauty of it is that when my kids are off to school and I'm at home alone and have all this extra time, then I'll be able to scale and grow again, which is super awesome to think about. And I love that I have just the freedom and the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Love that. Well, where can listeners find you? JulianBookkeeping.com. I have all kinds of education resources for you. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, Pinterest, all the things. (laughs) I'll link to everything in the show notes. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at First Hustle Then Brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode.